It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA. From the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Hour number two of the bottom line here on News Radio 610 KONA. Ed Dawson alongside Rob Francis. And uh, Rob came across an interesting article online uh, earlier today. The title of it. Uh, The headline reads, State Policy Artificially Boosts District-Level Grad Rates by Leaving Out Some At-Risk Students. So the the eyebrows started to raise and the alarm bells went off that this might be going on in the state of Washington, where they're leaving out or not factoring in some at-risk students at some school districts in Washington to boost their own graduation rates. Well, the rumors have been floating around for a while that there has been uh, manipulation of sorts with graduation rates for years. Yeah, cooking the books and that like, uh, you know. So we thought we would reach out to the reporter who wrote a very in-depth and well-researched article uh, for KNKX in uh, Seattle and uh, joining us now on the line is Ashley Gross. And Ms. Gross, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad to be here. So uh, what was the genesis of, uh, of this project? Why did you decide to dive into uh, this, this uh, policy of, of artificially uh, uh, messing around with graduation rates? <laughs> well, um, like you said, there have, you know, graduation rates have been going up. Uh, some of the school districts here in the Puget Sound region have posted pretty dramatic increases, uh, such as Tacoma, Highline, that's a district south of Seattle that covers like Burien and SeaTac. Um, they've had big increases, and so there have been a lot of people wondering what's going on. A parent came to me from the Highline district and said she'd been digging into it, and she had found that there was this policy set by the state superintendent's office to exclude certain schools when the the graduation rates are calculated for school districts. And one of those uh, groups of schools is the dropout reengagement programs, which is what I focused on in my story. Now, Ashley, is this a relatively new decision by OSPI, or does this go back to the Randy Dorn era? It does go back to the Randy Dorn era. And it was um, the... The legislature passed in 2010 legislation creating these dropout reengagement programs called Open Doors. The first ones started to come online in the 2011 uh, school year, then 2012. So, but OSPI says that from the very beginning, they decided to exclude these students from the district graduation rates. But there's been a big growth in the number of these programs. And so as the programs have grown, as more students are in them, it's started to have a bigger effect on the graduation rates because you're basically putting some of these, you know, students who are most at risk for dropping out over on the side and not factoring them in to this to the district-wide graduation rate. So Ashley, tell us what is the benefit ultimately for the school districts to massage these graduation rates? Well, under the you know, no child left behind law um, during, you know, the George W. Bush era 
there were sanctions on districts if they had low graduation rates. Um, that has since been replaced by a different law, Every Student Succeeds Act, and that's not quite as punitive. There aren't as many, you know, outright sanctions, but, you know, just the schools do attract uh, attention if they have low graduation rates. On the, on the flip side, to ha- having a good graduation rate you know, it, it projects a message to the public when you're trying to, you know, uh, lobby for your school district levy or bond campaign. Um, also, you know, that's one of the metrics that school boards look at when they're setting superintendent compensation. When you went to OSPI and uh, the Highline School District and, and any of the others that you did for uh, for this piece, what was the response that you got? Um, well, the districts, they they don't want they don't really want to talk about it. It's not something that they, that they willingly share um, or are happy to, to talk about because, you know, they've been doing other measures that they say is the, are the reasons for their graduation rates going up, you know, intervening earlier um, and having graduation specialists and things like that. So this kind of mathematical, technical um, reason for their graduation rate climbing. That's not something that they really want to draw attention to. Highline, to their credit, did, you know, allow me to sit down with their superintendent. And um, she said, you know, that there are reasons why the graduation rates for these programs are so low. One is that the, you know, a main one is that the kids are, you know, coming from very, in many cases, troubled backgrounds. You know, some of them are homeless. Some of them um, have been in foster care. Many of them are low income. Some have experienced trauma. So, you know, they face a lot of challenges, and there are reasons why they're struggling in school. But, you know, experts I spoke with said, well, when you concentrate them into these programs with very low success rates, you know, it's maybe not going to lead to the best outcomes for them. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. um, You go right ahead. Finish your thought, Ashley. Oh, I was just going to say, as for OSPI, you know, I asked them, well, what was the reasoning behind excluding these students? And they said, they didn't they didn't want this to be a disincentive to districts offering these programs basically they wanted them to um start these reengagement programs bring in students who might not succeed and might not end up with a diploma and also be willing to take on students from other districts um into their programs without worrying that oh it's going to drag down their district graduation rate we're talking with Ashley Gross from KNKX uh, regarding a well-written story she has uh, dug into regarding high school graduation rates in the state of Washington. Now, Ashley, from the outside looking in, you would think that school districts taking on programs like this to help struggling students or students that have had a troubled background would be looked at as a positive that they would be attempting to get these students um, at least the best education they could provide them and showing progress in these programs, you would think, would be a positive for the school district, yet it doesn't seem like that's the way they're viewing them. Yeah, it's it's complicated. I mean, I, I think that they, um, that they do really want to support these students and the programs that they visited. You know, like one in Tacoma, they have a, a social worker on staff, and, you know, when I arrived, he was busy, like, storing a couch in a garage there for a student who is hopefully going to get housing. So they're really, you know, trying to give support to these students so that they can finish up high school and hopefully move on to college. Um, 
But there are there are questions that were raised, especially by a father that I spoke with, about the online education focus of a lot of these programs. You know, many of them um, advertise being flexible and allowing students to work at their own pace. And what that usually means is that the students are working on online courses through, say, a company called Edgenuity. And um, there's been, you know, questions raised about how good those courses are, how much students really are learning, and um, whether students are really able to stay on task and stay motivated when it's, you know, more up to them um, to make themselves do the online courses. Now, Ms. Grosso, when you were doing this, I, the genesis you mentioned was the Highline Public School District, but how widespread is this in the state? Well, there's um, about roughly 100 of these open doors programs um, throughout the state. So many districts have them. You can find a list on OSPI's website of the districts that offer them. And, um, you know, the ones with the most students uh, are Tacoma, Highline, Kent, uh, some of the, you know, Puget Sound region um, districts. But there's also, you know, Spokane, Vancouver, Walla Walla, I noticed, was among the top 10 in terms of numbers of students in the Open Doors programs. I didn't find um, significant numbers at all for for the Tri-Cities. Does this signal or did you get any, any, I guess, thought about if the districts are able to sweep these students uh, under the rug, so to speak, and not count them in their graduation totals, does that then open the door for other specialty programs, uh, special education programs, or anything that's outside of the mainstream education field uh, to not be counted with graduation rates for the entire district? Hmm. I, I did not examine that, per se, but there are other um, categories of schools, like I mentioned, that um, OSPI excludes from the graduation rates. And one of those categories um, is includes the large online schools that um, draw students from across the state. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with um, some of the programs run by um, K-12 Inc. It's a for-profit company. They run a school out of the OMAC school district called Washington Virtual Academies. And then there's another school that they run out of um, a district on the Olympic Peninsula called Insight School of Washington. And those schools enroll students from across the state. And those students are not counted in the district that hosts those schools. They also don't, are not counted. Those students are not counted in the district where they live because they fill out a choice transfer form to transfer to those districts. So I actually have a story airing tomorrow about that, about those students and how they don't count in the graduation rates. Now we're talking with Ashley Gross from KN at KX Radio in uh, Seattle. Now, Ashley, one more question for you. We appreciate you spending time with us this afternoon on the program talking about your story. Um, were you able in your research to determine the difference in what the funding levels would be if these students were included versus them being left out? Um, in funding levels? Well, um, there they, these programs are um, funded under the um, basically the Running Start program um, funding level, which is uh, about $8,100 per student per year. Um, that's less than the basic education allocation, but um, you know it's still quite a significant amount. Um, one thing that is that these programs have is that their their enrollment fluctuates a lot. I mean, students 
enroll and then drop out or you know and or they leave and and so there's a lot of requirements on the school districts to track you know their attendance and their communication with the students in order to get paid and when you look at the numbers they kind of bounce around all over the place and i think it just shows that you know this is a vulnerable population of students and you know it does raise questions about whether you know they're really being properly served Ashley Gross from KNKX Radio in Seattle. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. We're going to take a time out here on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Give you a chance to uh, weigh in uh, what you just heard. Uh, again, uh, we don't usually promote uh, other stations and uh, other entities work, but this is well worth your time. Uh, go check it out. KNKX.org. Uh, really good piece. Uh, by Ashley Gross. 547-1610 is the number. More of the bottom line, the area's only live local call and talk show next. Back to the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. This hour brought to you in part by Perfection Tire, four Tri-Cities locations to serve you. Welcome back to the bottom line. Robin Ed hanging with you, 547-1610. Going to go right to the phones. Good afternoon to you. Thanks for joining us. What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Brad. I'm from Walla Walla. What's on your mind, Brad? Well, I wanted to correct something that last gal said about, about uh, Washington Virtual Academy. Um, it is not ran by K-12. K-12 is the curriculum that they use. It's actually ran by OMAC School District and, and run through the State Department of Education. And so I, I think she's being a little misleading by saying K-12 runs it. All they do is provide the curriculum. I uh, homeschooled both my daughters, and uh, not currently, but previously homeschooled both my daughters for several years. And we've dealt with teachers all across the state. In fact, my youngest daughter had one teacher one year that was in, in Portland area in Oregon. She was working for Washington State, but that's where she lived, and that's where she, she worked from. So we, even the teacher was working from home as well as the students. But they actually had online classroom time that they did through that. Appreciate the call. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 547 here on the bottom line. You know, I, I can't help but wonder, I, I mean, it, it's obviously that Ms. Gross put a lot of time and effort into her story and and finding as many resources and people that she could find that would be willing to talk to her about the the graduation rates issue. The only thing I wonder is, is there any way to, I guess, put the onus on these particular school districts that are doing this to be more transparent on their actual graduation rates? I mean, especially because this is something that goes back to an OSPI edict that basically, which which is even more stunning to me, that OSPI is sitting at the top of this thing in a chair going, well, our job is to make sure that students throughout the state get the best education they possibly can at all levels, in all arenas, regardless of what their situation may be. 
And then on the other hand, they turn around and they say, well, but if they've got some special circumstances and they're, they're struggling a little bit or if they're going to a, quote, alternate school, well, maybe we don't need to count them because then that's not fair to the other kids who are who are doing really well in the, in the regular schools and graduating, and that's not fair to the district because, well, they're trying really hard, and and if these kids are just kind of, but maybe we could just not count them, and, and it'll, it'll look like the districts are doing the job that they're actually doing minus those, those kids that are a little, a little troubled or a little behind in, in, in on the curve. That, to me, is not accurate. I... I... I, to me, it's a simple it's a simple discussion. I, and number one, kudos to those school districts who are offering this type of alternative yes. uh, learning environment. I mean, when you and I were going to school, uh, yeah, there were homeschool kids. There weren't very many. Uh, there may have been an alternative high school for those that got kicked out for doing something stupid. But then that was it. There weren't all these alternatives for, you know, special needs kids or, you know, kids that are homeless. So hats off for those school districts that that do this. Here's where the simple uh, conversation comes in. Do you, District A, receive funding from the state or the feds to run this this program to help those students in need? If the answer is yes then you need to include them in your graduation rates. If you are doing this out of the goodness of your heart and you're taking the financial hit, eh, we can talk about some sort of a special exemption maybe. But the fact is, you you shouldn't have a school district say out of one side of their mouth, we want to help all students, even those that are you know homeless or special needs or anything else, but then out of the other side of their mouth say, but we shouldn't have to get dinged for low graduation rates in those programs. No, you don't get to have it both ways. And, and I, I don't know any of these programs or any of these districts that will be taking on programs like that w- w- without any additional funding coming in. That's my point. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, for them to not represent those graduation rates is, is, is a bit, um, it's a bit concerning. Because you, you're talking about now deeming that some people's children shouldn't be factored in to the to the full equation when your job is to make sure that all of the children are factored into the equation. And so your numbers may not look so good. Well, then there's a reason for that. And so that reason needs to be addressed. I mean, it's not we put these kids off on the side and we put these teachers off on the side and then... Well, they're just going to do the best they can, and if it doesn't work out, well, it doesn't work out. That's not a good enough answer, and that that's not a good and, – and to leave them off of those graduation reports is not the proper way to handle it either. No, of course not, because, uh, you know, and and I asked I, – you know, I asked uh, Miss Gross this, and she – you know, I, I didn't really expect an, an answer, but my biggest problem is, so you get to exempt – from your graduation rates, kids in this particular program, well, what's to stop any, any program? So pretty soon everyone in the, every district in the state of Washington has a 100% graduation rate. Congratulations. Because you've weeded out all the other kids that fall through the cracks and you don't get to count them in your graduation rates. That, you know, 
that stat is becoming about as valuable as the diploma itself. 5471610509547 This is the bottom line News Radio 610KONA Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line, presented by McCary Meats in Basin City on News Radio 610KONA. Now, this hour brought to you in part by Ben Franklin Transit, connecting our communities. You can visit them at bft.org. You know, we've seen plenty of political rivalries over the years. We have seen political rivalries in our own backyard. Okay, there are some political rivalries that have existed here in the Tri-Cities for years, and, and they have an interesting tete-a-tete. Um, there are ones that we have seen in Olympia, ones that we've seen on the national level, but, Ed, I don't know that I've ever seen one quite like this. Okay. Okay, you, you've heard the term pissing contest before right <laughs> yes okay well, we're we gonna get in trouble for saying that no oh, okay no 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 no. well you'll get in trouble yeah I i'll get in trouble but... but but literally um two lawmakers in uh connecticut okay one is a city councilman the city of bridgeport okay his name is ernest newton okay the other is a member of the board of education her name is maria Pereira. Okay. Okay. They have been throwing jabs at each other left and right, apparently, for a few weeks now. Now, Councilman Newton had admitted in the past that he had a drug addiction, uh, that he was addicted to crack cocaine. Okay. Uh, In fact, it even served time in prison on corruption charges and you know had that had that situation since he's been released and gone to rehab councilman newton has championed programs that have helped former offenders get into society pereira has been accused by newton of being placed in a psychiatric ward for overdosing on medications oh of course you get the you get the verbal jaunts back and back you back and forth you get into the hyperbole and there was only one thing that was going to solve it ed what's that dueling p tests what <laughs> what dueling p tests i kid you not Ugh. both politicians submitted to urine tests to what end pray to- tell to prove whether or not they're drug addict. That they are currently drug addicts? Yes, because they're accusing each other of being drug addicts. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. <sighs> All the arguments back and forth is, is they're accusing each other of being on drugs, of, of using illicit drugs okay. or being addicted to prescription drugs or illegal drugs, so on and so forth. Wow. So... They both submitted to urine tests that would cover 10 substances, marijuana, cocaine, amphetamines, methamphetamines, opiates, oxycodone, PCP, barbiturates, 
benzodiazepine, and methadone. Well, those are the biggies, I those guess. Those are the biggies. Yeah, okay. okay. And, and do you need a drum roll for the announcer. Do we need, do we need Maury Povich to come in and say, you are not the father? Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> Even though we weren't testing for that, you're not the father. Um, oh. So the tests, tests get taken. Councilman Newton, apparently his test came back the same day. Oh. Okay. Over the next two days, they both went into a facility to have have the test done. Okay. Okay. Newton said his results came back on the same day, and he's clean. All right. His opponents did not come back on the same day and said, she's addicted to prescription drugs, even though it came back the next day negative. (laughs) So, well... What is truth, anyway? Even a P test can't end this rivalry. I mean, but think about this. Oh, my gosh. I, we, 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 At some point, you just say, you know what? Put the boxing gloves on. We'll, we'll, we'll do it for charity and just beat each other's brains in because that's the only way you're going to solve this. There, look at how far we have fallen. Yeah. I mean, it used to be crazy even the even the the accusations on the campaign trail used to be done in a manner that both sides understood it was to not necessarily personally attack the individual but to attack the individual's record right or what they stood for or it, yeah exposing know, some shady connections maybe okay. you know didn't do this properly didn't do that properly but they the the personal attacks have really gone up over the course of the last few years or so gee why aren't better people running for office anymore well there you go that might be why yeah i mean that might exactly why you have two people accusing each other of being drug addicts on the campaign trail and going, the only way we're going to solve this is by both of us going and peeing in a cup. Tremendous. If both they both come back negative for 10 major drugs, and one still is accusing the other one of being a drug addict. How do you vote for either of these people? Bingo. How do you vote Bingo. for either of these people? They're both off their rockers. I just, I don't even know how to respond. That is just like... You you what you ask? How low can we go? Well, there there's a good example. I mean, I thought I had seen it all when Marion Barry got reelected. Yeah, I mean, really? Yeah, Marion Barry, who whose story was well documented, hookers and crack. Everybody saw the video, the black and white surveillance video. That's right, right in the hotel room. Marion Barry going to town. The mayor of Washington D.C. goes to jail, comes out. Few years off the off the Schneid, and what happens? He gets reelected. Yeah. Oh well, he's not the same Mary. Yeah, he is. It's the same Mary and Barry. He didn't all of a sudden turn around and find God or anything like that. He just wound up getting reelected. I I, I thought that was the bottom of the barrel, but this man, whatever happened to just good old fashioned running a race? On, on your virtues, on your what you stand for, what you think you could do better, instead of turning around and going, my opponent is a drug addict. You need to vote for me. 
What's your platform? Well, let me tell you about my opponent's drug habits. Yeah. It's like, what do you stand for? Well, I stand exactly the opposite of my opponent who's a drug addict. That's right. How do you... The climate today is so bad, this is what you have to choose from. I'll be honest. The one thing that... uh, We haven't seen anything get this bad around here. You know what I mean? Knocking on wood, wherever yeah, I can knocking find on. Any. I mean, we haven't. We, we for the most part around here. I mean, we've had some. We've had some some close races around here over the last couple of years. We've had some really interesting races, but we have not gotten to the point, thankfully, to where we have had anything nearly as as off. You know why? Because this community wouldn't put up with it. Yeah, they wouldn't put up with it. If you had two people acting like this running for office in in our area, I don't think either of them it would get enough votes, or the turnout would be so low, you'd have to figure out how do you put somebody in office with less than 50%. I mean, significantly less than 50%. Yeah. Because I don't think either of them would win anybody over with accusations of behavior like that. But just the fact... That you've got a battle in public with two elected officials going at each other, accusing each other of drug use, and then saying you have to pee in a cup. You pee in a cup, and then you still keep going with the same accusations. We're, we really are on, on, the, on the corner of it all just falling apart. Yeah. It, 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 we've gotten to the point where the, the term hold my beer just... We'll, it's that we'll, one in the political realm. Yeah, we'll see how low we can go. Five four seven one six ten is the number if you'd like to join the conversation. 509-547-1610. Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline. 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin A. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City on News Radio 610. K-O-N-A. Brought to you in part by the Kitchen Creators at Bunch Finnegan, making your dream kitchen come true. They're located at 9 East Columbia Drive in Kennewick. Welcome back to the bottom line. Final few minutes here on your Tuesday afternoon. Robin Ed, 547-1610. If you want to get involved, email at six, uh, excuse me, at 610kona.com. You can email us through the webpage. Uh, also on Twitter at bottom line 610 where you can answer today's poll question. Uh, Bernie Sanders said in a recent town hall that the surviving Boston bomber should have the right to vote, along with murderers, rapists, and pedophiles. Do you think convicted felons should be able to vote? And we've got quite a few votes on there right now. You can tune in via, or you can join at Bottom Line 610 and at 610 KONA Radio. Now, it was about a year and a half ago, Ed, that we touched on this subject. Mm Mm-hmm where there were some issues with the Chromebooks that the Richland School District was giving out, mm-hmm. and the uh, student population was being able to download all kinds of wonderful things to view in their off time, uh, namely what the Internet was invented for in the first place, and that was porn. Specifically. Uh, porn. Well, no. Specifically, <laughs> yes, but specifically uh, parents at Leona Libby Middle School uh, voiced their concerns that that this was going on because again these Chromebooks were issued to the students for use at home yes. and at school. 
And, you know, we, we talked with those in the district and, and you know, parents and, and all that stuff, uh, you know, about, you know, what they were going to do. Well, took them a little while, but, uh, but they seem to have come up with a solution. Well, now remember, these Chromebooks, when they were initially sent home, parents were assured that they weren't going to be able to get around the security protections. Yes, but of course they could. Yes, well, we know that, that the average 13-year-old is average than the smar- average, smarter than the average 50-year-old when it comes to you know, getting around internet security protections. Yeah, and many of them can launch NASA rockets from their home computer, too. Pretty so. much, yeah. War Games was, was really only a tale of things to come. That's right. Um, however, uh, now we're 18, 18 months later, 18 months later, and uh, the Richland School District may have, have finally figured out uh, how to solve this issue once and for all by partnering with a new company. That's right. It's called Go Guardian, and uh, they are providing the security software for the Chromebooks that are issued to students uh, throughout the district, but obviously including uh, Leona Libby Middle School. So... You know, we we reached out to the Richland School District. Um, they were unable to to talk to us about it. So, um, hopefully, they'll they'll join us on the program at a later time. And I guess question number one, and the the one that parents, I'm sure, in the Richland School District are going to have uh, those that have students that were issued these Chromebooks is. What assurances, what is different, you know, what can you say to parents that is different this time? And that's not a knock on Go Guardian. I don't know really anything about them. But they were assured once before that everything was cool, that, you know, little Johnny and little Susie weren't going to be able to access anything they weren't supposed to. And it happened. So now you have contracted out with this group go guardian for the security on the chromebooks let's hope that this works and that we can stop talking about this as being an issue but the real question though is going back to that period of time did they actually contract out with a security company or did they just buy what they thought was um a good enough uh program that uh-huh. they installed themselves on the right. computers and thought the kids wouldn't be able to get around. True. And I guess, you know, the ob- one of the other obvious questions is, why did it take so long? Well, that's... I mean, I understand that you do have to jump through hoops to, to get funding and, and all that kind of fun stuff, uh, but... But, 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 but remember, wasn't this, wasn't this part of the uh, technology levy? Yeah, that uh, yeah, that was yeah. enacted. Well, the Chromebooks were. I assume that that any of the software and security protocols were a part of that, but definitely the the Chromebooks themselves. And so now we we've moved on to the stage where we're partnering with a company to try and make sure that twelve year old kids don't outsmart us again. Yeah, uh, I guess my first question would be how rigorous of a test did you put the Chromebooks through after partnering with this company? I would have turned around to the 12-year-old that got around it last time and said, here you go. Let me, let, let's see. Let, let, take, take a couple hours. Yeah. Do what you do. What you do. 
We'll take yeah. a look at it later on and see if anything's that, not see, right. See, that would have been awesome. I, I have no idea uh, if you know what they did, but wouldn't that be awesome? You get like the three finalists, the three contractors that are bidding for this contract with the Richland School District, and they say, okay. Uh, each of you put your security software on one of these, you know, you each get one Chromebook and little Johnny or little Susie will take it home and uh, whichever one doesn't get hacked into gets the contract. Seriously. <laughs> that's how. Why not, I guess, right? That, really. I mean, that, that's how the problem was raised in the first place. Yeah. So why wouldn't you turn around and go, we've got some pretty smart kids here. Yeah. That know how to get around this. If we want to see if one of these programs is going to be foolproof. Let's give it to the kid. Go to work. Do your damage. Do do your worst do your thing, to yeah. these programs. And if they stand up, then we have a decision to make. If two of them fail, we've got a real easy decision to make. If none of them work, we're back to the drawing board again. But to just simply assume and take on the word of a company that uh, your average 12-year-old can't beat us. Well, we saw what your average 12-year-old did last summer. Yeah. And I would think that that average 12-year-old is probably been keeping up on things, maybe yeah. more than you think. Yeah. So I I would put it in the hands of the kids. Let the kids be the, be the test driver. Let them tell you if there's any flaws or holes in it. Because do you really want to address this situation again? Do you want to put your hands up and go, we thought we dealt with this, we went with this company, and they're still able to download porn? Yeah. Then you have to ask the question... Well, that I've asked from the beginning is why are you giving them com- computers anyway to take home? Leave them at school. Yeah, yeah, we we covered that ad nauseum. Yeah. Leave right. them at school. Don't have. Don't let them take them home. Then this kind of stuff doesn't happen. You don't have to worry about it. And you, the argument of well, that's how they you know do the homework. How much homework's being given anymore anyway? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of schools that aren't giving out homework anyway, or yeah. they're giving away less than 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 what they used to. Do it all there. And if they have to do homework, oh, my gosh, a book. Oh, no, a book. We <laughs> can't have a book. You don't even know what a book is anymore. You know, they've got the portals, right? <laughs> you can you can hack into, you get into the portals at home. You can have the school. You have the, have the computers at home be responsible for getting into the portals, not the Chromebooks that you send home that are supposed to be, you know, protected and used for school use. Keep the computers at, at school. There's nothing that says they have to go home. Oh, well, kids that don't mind it. Well, you know, use a book. I mean, we, we, we've, taken, we've, we've taken the ability for anybody to deal with adversity completely out of life's equation. And we wonder why we get the results that we do. Oh, well, they can't do that because then they won't have this. Well, a lot of people didn't have it. They turned out just fine. Yeah. They found a way to deal with it and cope. You know, you, you can make adjustments so that you can make it, you know, make it work. Is just this whole taking any challenge out of a kid's life at any level? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, last year, eighteen months ago, the challenge was you can't get past this. Challenge accepted. Yeah, right. Look at all the porn I downloaded, Richland School District. Yeah. <sighs> well, again, let's let's hope that that this works and that we can be done talking about it. But I'm sure that we'll hear from parents if it doesn't. I bet that we will. And I and I do not put anything past the intelligent youth that we have in our community to be able to get around this one, too. We'll uh, be waiting on bated breath. 
That's all for the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Coming up, ABC News. Then we'll bring you all your local news, weather, and traffic on the afternoon report. Stay with us.